0: Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Adventure Experiences. This is a podcast brought to you by Peak Adventures at Sac State, produced in collaboration with KSSU Radio. My name is Kyle Murphy. I'm your host. I'm a trip leader and Challenge Center team lead at Peak Adventures. In this podcast, we sit down with students and staff to chat about the impact that Peak Adventures and outdoor experiences have had on their lives. For this first episode, we sat down with Peak Adventures director, Sasha Smirno. Without further ado... Let's get into it. So what's up, Sasha? We're officially rolling. How you doing? Doing well. Yeah?
1: How's How's
0: quarantine treating you?
1: It's been pretty challenging, um, especially running an outdoor program uh, virtually. It's definitely been an interesting experience, something that I didn't think I would ever have to do before, Right. Um, but we're learning as we're going, so flexibility is kind of the key uh, word that we're ch- trying to keep flexible.
0: All right, so I think that's a good place to start, so uh, if you could just give us like a quick little introduction. Who, who are you? You're you're the, the, you're the, yeah, the, so the leader I'm, of our outdoor group. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I'm Sasha Smirnova. I'm the director of Peak Adventures. Um, I've been in that position for about a year and a half now, actually.
0: Nice, it's been a year already? Dang.
1: Almost two. I'm almost on my second year, I think
0: and so uh where where give me a little background information where where did you come from and how did you get into uh you know being the director of an outdoor program
1: yeah, so i came from New Mexico. That's where I essentially spent most of my time. I lived on the East Coast before that, but I went to college at New Mexico State University, Um, and I actually got my start in recreation in aquatics. Actually, as the aquatics coordinator, I was a big swimmer, and that was sort of just my forte. Um, But during that time, I was the aquatics coordinator for about three years there, and I started helping out our outdoor recreation program. And so in college, I didn't touch outdoor recreation at all. I didn't even know that that was a service that was offered. Um, And I worked closely with the outdoor coordinator and just started getting into it, uh, learning about the different types of trips that they did, the different types of trainings. Um, They were struggling at the time trying to come up with a sustainable trip program um so
0: trying to figure out how to turn your cell phone off
1: (laughs) (laughs) trying to figure out how to um train trip leaders in a sustainable way um and that sort of thing and so over about a couple of years I just kind of joined in on their trainings and sort of volunteered my time led trips on the weekends and that's kind of how I got my start in outdoor recreation and then Um, A few years after that, the person in that manager position left and I stepped into his role because I had that experience and knowledge in outdoor recreation um, and where that program was going. And so did that for a few more years. I worked at NMSU for seven years and came to Peak Adventures afterwards.
0: Awesome. And so you said that you had been, uh, you'd been doing swimming up until that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you have any experience with uh, the outdoors before that?
1: Really little. Um, my parents were avid hikers on the weekends, um, but that was kind of it. So we went hiking nearby for a couple of hours on the weekends, and that was sort of it. And so the very first time I even went backpacking was when I was trying to figure out how to train others how to backpack.
0: Um, <laughs> that's awesome
1: so it was definitely a very hands-on learning experience everything I've learned in outdoor recreation climbing and backpacking it was definitely just being thrown in there um, and trying to figure it out and then trying to take that information and try to figure out a training program for other people
0: I want I want to hear that that story tell me about uh, your first backpacking trip
1: yeah so my very first backpacking trip was just one overnighter And it was actually part of a Leave No Trace trainer course. Um, And so I was still volunteering for outdoor recreation um, while I was doing my aquatic coordinator position. And um, the person in charge of the program, he was an LNT master educator. And one of the requirements to do the LNT trainer course is to have previous experience in backpacking, which Mm. kind of makes sense. Right. Um, And so I kind of... Downplayed what my experience was, um, and it was actually kind of cool because the very that first time, you know, I was learning all of the LNT principles. So actually, how to properly backpack without leaving a huge trace on the environment. And so when I look back at that experience, I was it was definitely very uncomfortable because I was surrounded by a bunch of people that knew what they were doing and have been doing it for a really long time, but because that was my first experience and my exposure to it, I learned kind of the right way to do it. Um, so I didn't have those bad habits that a lot of folks have. And I was like, oh yeah, of course you have to dig a cat hole and this is how you pick up firewood. And like, now it's <laughs> sort of just kind of like normal stuff that I don't have to think twice about because I, you know, I didn't have
0: any previous experiences that's awesome. I can, I can just imagine you being like, yeah, I'm totally, I dug, I've dug many cat holes before. This is not my first time.
1: Yeah. this (laughs) Trowels. I love trowels. Six inches. It's cool.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. So, uh, tell me, tell me like, like something must have hooked you. Right. So, I mean, obviously you like went on to make this a career path for yourself. So, so what was that process like for you? Like, switching from something like you'd been doing for so long, swimming, working with aquatics, why did you decide to make that switch?
1: Um, Really it was just so fun and versatile. So the different types of activities involved in outdoor recreation is just so vast. There's something for everyone and by no means am I great at a lot of different things, you know, mountain biking, real beginner but it's really climbing that kind of got me hooked Um, and some of the backpacking experiences that I was fortunate to have with NMSU um, and just working with students and just seeing how those experiences impacted their lives especially while they were going through college it was a really cool and neat experience to to see and I think that's really what got me hooked in aquatics you don't really see too much of that um, but in my experience with college students, you know, doing something really cool for the very first time, um, I got to see a lot of students just get hooked on certain activities and just sort of find their place. And that's what I think is really unique about outdoor recreation in a college setting is that there's so many different experiences, um, you know, like if someone doesn't like climbing, that's fine. You know they can get hooked into backpacking or just hike day hikes um, or water sports. It's so vast that there really is a place for everyone.
0: Right. Right. I would, I would have to agree with that. Um, I'm curious about like what your, what your first experiences with climbing were.
1: So my very first experience with climbing was we had a climbing wall at my previous institution that the outdoor program managed. And I walked up to the outdoor coordinator at the time and was like, I want to learn how to climb. <laughs> teach, teach me how to climb up there. <laughs> um, and yeah, that's, I put on some rental climbing shoes and, you know, they taught me how to put on a harness and tied my knot for me. And I climbed up and down a couple of times. I was like, I cool. think I, yeah, this is kind <laughs> of fun. I want to try some, like some of the harder stuff. And, we had a little overhanging section on our wall and um i just yeah it was just really fun
0: yeah yeah well for those for those listeners who don't know us personally i think you and i are both climbing geeks <laughs> and so uh i'm curious it, it makes me there's like this thing uh in climbing uh a lot of people especially like nowadays are getting introduced to climbing indoors right yeah and uh and so there's, there's like a, a pretty big uh, learning curve to going outside. Yep, absolutely. So, so how, did you, how did you find that pathway? For myself, you know, um, my first climbing experiences were um, also indoors. Super casual, though. Like, it definitely – it, like, didn't even really hook me at first. I was like, this is, like, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then when I went to, to school in uh, Lake Tahoe, my first like real outdoor climbing experiences were were with like really, really experienced, uh, guides. And, um, and so I I always am like super interested to hear how everyone else's path went because I feel so fortunate to have been like gifted that in that way that like everything like kind of like your LNT trip, right? Like everything was like very correct the very (laughs) first time, you know, like don't mess this up. So how did, how did you get uh, climbing outside?
1: Yeah, so my climbing uh, into the outdoors was, a, was an interesting experience because I did have um, a couple of people, they were the outdoor coordinator, the outdoor manager, they were very experienced um, and you know, their jobs were to introduce students to climbing outside. So a lot of safety measures in place, you know, a set curriculum, And when I expressed interest to try it outside, because, you know, the idea was work on my experience and then eventually, you know, be able to be that person that introduced other people into climbing outside. Right. Um, And so I sort of figured that I would have that similar instruction as a beginner would. Um, But really, my experience climbing outside was just being sort of thrown out there and being yelled at while i was on the rock oh
0: really <laughs> yeah that's not ideal
1: <laughs> it was uh it was definitely really interesting like um,
0: aggressive yelling like what are we was, talking about
1: <laughs> you know it was kind of like, so like so good that, job no it was more of kind of like being instructed while they were on the ground and i was on the rock okay um because it was like you know things aren't labeled, things aren't taped outside. It's like, so what do I do? They're just like, climb up, you know, figure it out, use your feet, look for things. I was like, okay, great. You know, and, um, you know, I obviously started off with top rope and that was fine. Um, and then when I got into leading, that was definitely more of being yelled at. You know, I, was, I remember clipping my first draw and I was like, is this right? You know, I'm like hanging on the rock and they're like, do you think it's right? I'm like, I, t- I don't know. Tell me. <laughs> <It's>
0: <laughs> Who are these people? That's horrible.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely very different than the experiences <laughs> that I learned to provide for others. Right,
0: right. I well, remember
1: even like learning how to clean um, an anchor. That was literally someone from the bottom yelling at me when I was at the top of the route. <laughs>
0: God and, you know this is why I bring this up uh, because yep. because there's so I mean it's so frustrating for me uh like having gone through that whole process and my focus at Lake Tahoe Community College was climbing and so I've spent a lot of time on this it's one of my passions and uh I love teaching rock climbing as well and so like there's there's a lot of steps right you know it's not just uh it's not just how to do it safely it's also technique you know Mm -hmm. um there's i I think there's just there's just a lot that goes into it you know
1: there's a progression
0: right right yeah, yeah and and style too right like we're talking about top roping lead climbing trad climbing you know i've done all of that and uh bouldering even um and there's different processes for for each one of those you know um and I know, like, the, the thing you said about uh, someone yelling at you from the bottom. Uh, that's, it's such a good point to bring up because so often uh, when, when I'm belaying someone, I always have, especially if they're a new climber, but, like, even if it's someone I've been climbing with for a while, like, my main climbing partner, he doesn't want to hear anything from me. He doesn't want to hear, good job. He doesn't want to hear... <laughs> like reach he doesn't want to hear just like you know nothing he just yep. wants me to be totally silent and other people like love it when I'm like encouraging or like uh I'm pretty good at being psyched about stuff most of the time so like getting people pumped about it and uh yeah it's different for everyone and I can only imagine I mean how do you feel about like getting instruction from the ground you know if I, I
1: appreciate it <laughs> Um, I typically will ask for it and it's, it kind of comes in the form of like, what, what do I do now?
0: Okay. Okay. <laughs> so you're open to
1: it. Um, I'm open to it, but I do appreciate kind of having the time to figure things out. That's one of the things that I really enjoy about climbing is that it's, it's problem solving. It's a puzzle. And you have to take the time and kind of try it out and figure it out. Yeah. And sometimes you need help. Sometimes yeah. you don't. Um, so I... I'll definitely ask for beta and appreciate it when it's, I'm not uh, giving you beta.
0: <laughs> given in return.
1: Um, but yeah, it is really frustrating when, you know, people don't give you the time and space to sort of figure it out. And for a lot of people, that's why they enjoy climbing is because it's a giant puzzle that is unique right. to them. Um, and obviously what works for someone isn't right. going to work for everyone else.
0: So. Yeah. I've had six foot tall climbing partners. Their beta is useless <laughs> to me.
1: <laughs> oh yeah i just ignore them
0: i gotta like find the little pieces and and just move my way up yeah that's it, awesome and i
1: i try to keep that in mind when i give beta um because i know that there's definitely the type of people that they don't want to hear anything
0: right right and for, <laughs> so for I, I know we're like we're, we're like getting into uh like climbing lingo and whatnot and, yeah that's true right and so for people who don't know when we're talking about beta beta is like giving information about a route, how, how how to climb it, where to where to grab, how to grab, small, small details like that. So um uh, moving moving past climbing and all that stuff. Uh I, I could I knew that we were gonna go down that rabbit hole. We can keep going too. Um tell me a little bit more about your uh experiences in the outdoors like what sorts of things are exciting to you now. And, like, um, what that process has been like for you?
1: Uh, yeah, so I was fortunate enough, you know, working for an outdoor rec program um, to instruct a lot of disciplines. So, at my previous position, you know, we taught bouldering and climbing 101 and 201, which was essentially top rope outside and then moving into lead climbing outside. Um, on the side, I you know, reached into and dabbled a little bit in trad, but definitely didn't get a lot of instruction that I think would have hooked me. Uh, so I prefer sort of that sport climbing life and bouldering.
0: We'll go, Um, we'll go out. out.
1: I, um, also taught backpacking. So we also had like a one on one Oh one two Oh one course, um, where we introduced backpacking uh, to first timers and then had a, another course that we offered each and every semester for kind of the more intermediate track. I got to see some really cool places. One of the ones that stands out to me the most even now is we backpacked through in Georgia in Cumberland Island and that was really really cool. That sounds um, crazy. And so we took our trip leaders there it was supposed to be a training we drove a 15 passenger van all the way there from New Mexico and it was the best backpacking trip I've I've ever been on and I've done some personal ones um, obviously along the way but I think that one was the most impactful one that I remember Um, and then also I was able to get into some whitewater kayaking Um, which I'm really excited about being in Sacramento because the access to the river is so good. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I brought my boat down and um, trying to kind of focus on my skills and improve and actually be able to kayak more than once a year has definitely been a very spoiling experience.
0: Right, right. It's pretty (laughs) awesome up here, huh? It's 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 one of those it's so easily overlooked you know and i think that especially with the campus being right on the river i think mm-hmm. that there's a lot of misunderstanding about like what like river rafting is you know there there's a there's a float that goes yep. down it's <laughs> a float that goes down past campus and you see a lot of people out there fishing and whatnot but what we're talking about is further upstream and uh is like real class three whitewater and more even if you continue up um so have you got on have you been on the American River since you've uh you've moved over here
1: oh yeah so actually just this season alone I've been fortunate enough to get on the river um I think once every other weekend or so so I'm mainly running just the class two section just kind of working my way up yeah. there <laughs> Yeah. but my How's hope is it's it's good it's feeling good I um my hope is to by the end of the season be able to run uh from Camp Lotus all the way to Salmon Falls
0: yeah in my kayak yeah yeah that (laughs) was like hard for you to say huh
1: (laughs) the class threes kind of they kind of scare me a little bit but
0: yeah you know everything is so much bigger when you're in a small boat and uh it's real dude uh it's funny. It's funny because it's so cruiser. I mean, I, I say that I'm I've been on that section of river a lot, so I've, I've I'm comfortable with it. Yeah. Um, but it's so funny to like see, and also I understand where it's coming from from that kayaker's perspective, to see like you and some of our other <laughs> friends getting into it. Like, oh no, oh. here we go. Kayaking is so
1: kayaking is one of those things. I love it, and I, I want to be better at it, but every time, I'm a little terrified. It's scary, dude. Never...
0: <laughs> It's scary. Listen, listen, I'm not talking crap. Like, I have never been in a kayak. I've only been in an in in inflatable kayak, and yeah. I, 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 don't, I want nothing to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so comfortable in my rather large 14-foot boat just oh, crushing those waves.
1: So, actually, a couple weeks ago, I went down, um, the, not the entire section, but from Greenwood to Salmon Falls in an inflatable kayak to sort Ooh. of scout yeah. uh, what those Class 3s would look like in yeah. a hard shell, and they're so big. Yeah, <laughs>
0: it's big. It's big. It's so big. I have, you know, it's so funny, because, like, my introduction to whitewater kayaking has been, uh, through firsthand experience, seeing it happen.
1: Not, oh, okay. not
0: being in the kayak, but like <laughs> watching other people. I'm like, oh, so that's how that works. And uh I like to tell this story. I was on uh Satan's cesspool uh one day and this guy he just had he just had the roughest run ever. And he was he was getting washed out upstream and his boat was coming downstream towards me him out of it of course <laughs> uh, <Yeah. laughs> and and he was like just getting he was just getting worked back there and I felt bad for him and so I had a boat full of customers and I reached down and I grabbed his kayak and in that moment I realized oh this thing doesn't float without you in it like <laughs> he didn't have uh, he didn't have the little foam inserts in there so his, oh. his boat was full of water and yeah and only the, the back end that had uh, an, a pocket of air was keeping the thing on the surface. So I grabbed his boat and almost got pulled out of my boat They're just holding on to it. Dude, it, I was like, wow, that's gnarly, bro.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're supposed to have inflatable bags in the back to help with the buoyancy. Right. I mean, but yeah, once you're once you wet exit your boat, like it fills up with water and then you have to drag it into an eddy. And then you have to lift it up to drain it. <laughs> swimming is exhausting. Uh, yeah, in a hard shell. Yeah, it
0: is. Yeah, <laughs> it's good that you have all that swimming background. You must be like excited to swim. I
1: think that's probably <laughs> why I still kayak, is because I'm like, yeah, I can. Sw-. Like, I'm still terrified because I right. do respect white water. Right. Um, you know, it's it's some. It can be pretty crazy, but that's. Yeah, I think my swimming background is probably the only reason why I still kayak.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, you swimmers, you, you definitely have an advantage, which seems obvious. But uh, I remember I had a boat full of a swim team one time. And, oh, yeah. um, and I, I was like, these guys, they're swimmers, but they're like, they've never been in whitewater. And these, this group of boys just like swam across these rapids like it was nothing. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, <laughs> okay, you got it. Cool. I don't know. Yeah, maybe they, maybe they had it some experience.
1: Give you some confidence.
0: Right. For sure. Right. <laughs> right. That's awesome. Uh, cool. So, so switching, switching gears back to the, the university perspective on all this stuff. Um, so you came over here, uh, about a year ago and, mm-hmm. and how is that? I mean, I, I, like, I've been, I've been with Peak for I think about four years now. And so I, I, I've, seen I've seen both ends of it right and so I know that you 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 had really big shoes to fill so what was that process like for you and how is that how's that happening for you now especially I mean we could talk about the the virus afterwards
1: (laughs) yeah so uh, it's been pretty challenging so coming into the position um I knew or I had been told that our our trips were struggling so um and I think that's pretty common, you know, trying to figure out how to train trip leaders, how to pay them, and especially in California, you know, it's it's a challenge. And so one of my main priorities coming into the role was to figure out how to make trips work for Peak Adventures and for Sacramento State. And then also try, I know that we needed to reach out to our students and figure out what they wanted to do and sort of redefine what adventure is, because there's something out there for everyone, um, but we need to make sure that we're offering it and you know, reach that diverse population that we serve at Sacramento State. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was challenging because a couple of our staff uh, left also around that time, and so trying to pick up those pieces and try to rework an entire program uh, was definitely a big juggle, and so. We, I think, are now in a, we were in a really great place. Um, We were really excited. I think we got kind of a handle on trips. We have a new outdoor manager who's doing great, um, offering new stuff that seems really popular. Uh, Last semester, all of our trips were full, Um, a problem that we hadn't had in quite some time. And so it was really exciting. And so we were really pumped and excited to see what else we could do. We had some really unique offerings on the schedule. um, And then COVID happened.
0: (laughs) Right. So So I've always been curious. uh, Why do you think, I mean, I know I have my own ideas about it, but why do you think that uh, so often college programs have trouble Uh, filling their outdoor trip their outdoor trip uh, sending their outdoor trips getting those trips to go
1: yeah so cost is definitely a big factor Um, you know depending on what sort of pay structure you have for your staff is it's gonna dictate how much that trip costs and the whole point of outdoor trips isn't to make money we want to get students out there um, you know meet new people have those Unique experiences and get them hooked so they can start doing right. that on their own. Um, but there's a lot of costs associated with that. And so, for most programs at a university, um, you know, outdoor trips is offset by other money making programs. And so, you have to have something in place for that in order for you to offer trips at really affordable prices for students. Um, And then also too, you know, everyone's competing for that for student attention, and Mm -hmm. so you know, trying to find something that students are really excited about because they're getting pulled in so many different directions. You know, a lot of students have jobs; some of them are working full time, some of them have kids. um, You know, full class loads, and so how you know we have to offer something that is enticing enough for them to take the time out of their weekend and hang out with us, and sometimes that's a huge stretch for students, Um, and so building that connection is really hard, and especially if students haven't had that outdoor exposure before, you know, the outdoors can be a really intimidating place, Um, and so that's why last year we introduced Urban Adventures as kind of that stepping stone for students to explore outside of Sacramento, you know, meet new people, and then maybe get really excited for some of the other trips that we offer that, you know, involve a little bit more skill set or a little bit more of a time commitment. Um, And so there's those types of factors that we're dealing with on a continuous basis. And every semester too, the population changes. Um, And so seeing what students want now, what's available, what can we offer, and then how do we train our staff to make sure that they're delivering the best program um, as safely as possible.
0: Right. Because I mean, there's uh, there's some specific challenges that we have uh, as an organization as well with staffing. You know, uh, yeah. because the more it's like it's a it's a the turnover is is inherent. You know, like we train our staff, we invest in them, and then they leave. Yeah, <laughs> like and
1: as they should because we right? want everyone to graduate and move on to bigger, better things. But yeah, turnover is definitely something that we're going to deal with all the time
0: right that's just inherent in, in what we do, yeah uh, and so you mentioned uh, urban adventures. can you tell tell me a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah, so um, the whole premise behind urban adventures is just to kind of adventure in your own backyard, so to speak, um, and so these types of things are typically day trips require less of a time commitment than you know overnight or weekend trips. And some of the ones that we've offered so far, you know, was just going out to San Francisco and riding bikes, um, which was really popular. We had a hot springs trip go out. Um, So adventures that don't take a lot of hard technical skill, uh, but you're still going outside, you're still meeting new people and you're exploring the surrounding area. And so we're hoping that students who take advantage of urban adventures Um, kind of see those new places, see how close they are, meet new people that are into the same things, and then hopefully join us for some more bigger, better adventures along the way.
0: That's the hook, right? Yep. Uh, One of my favorite (laughs) uh, urban adventures that we did was uh, the coffee and bike ride um, to to see the murals that have been painted around Sacramento. Because even myself, you know, having I mean I've I've lived here my whole life. there's still, there's still little nuggets that I don't even know about just around SAC. I had no idea that all these beautiful murals had been painted around my hometown <laughs> until <laughs> we went on that bike ride. I was like, oh, cool. And uh, I'm a huge fan of coffee, so that helps too.
1: <laughs> yeah, and so I, our intention is to continue the bike rides. I think even in the fall semester, we're trying to figure out what that looks like. Um, but yeah, we have an, a new fleet of bikes uh, we kind of have a theme with each ride, so murals, or a coffee ride, or ice cream, depending on the oh, weather.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, it's a great way to just explore the downtown area and also learn how to properly ride in traffic, which I know is a huge deterrent yeah. for some folks who haven't done totally. it yet. Yeah.
0: And so I know that we we use jump bikes in the past, and so now we have our own fleet of bikes. We sure do. Tell me about those bikes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Last year we uh, submitted a proposal for the alternative transportation fund um, that our ASI board oversees. And we had some, the jump rides were great, um, but we did have some issues with um, the company. They were going through turnovers and they essentially just came back to us and said that now isn't a good time to collaborate. Um, But the rides were really popular. And so we wanted to continue to offer that service. So we applied um, or submitted a proposal for the alternative transportation fund and Mm -hmm. uh, were awarded funds to essentially buy 10 commuter bikes and, you know, additional funds to maintain those bikes and replace them. We have kind of a rotation schedule in place so we could offer free bike rides uh, for students. And so those coffee rides and mural rides and ice cream rides you know we're going to be offering each and every semester um under the funds from that grant which is really nice
0: that's awesome yeah that was that was a a pleasant surprise to me you know because i think um for for people that may be a little bit more um i don't know adventurous or like used to doing some of the 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 more exciting outdoor trips like rock climbing or whitewater rafting you might look at like a coffee bike ride around sacramento and be like meh, that's probably not gonna be fun <laughs> you know but like honestly it was awesome like i had a great time doing that
1: yeah i think they're great and you meet cool new people and you get to like you mentioned you get to see little pockets that you know you probably pass by plenty of times before, but just didn't notice. And so that's kind of the cool thing about it.
0: Yeah. And and I I think the cost was really low on those trips as well.
1: Yeah. So um, when we were awarded the funds from the grant, we said that we were going to offer those rides free for students. Cool. So right now they'll be free. And then if they have friends from the general public, it'll be, I believe,
0: $5. Sweet, sweet. Yeah, yeah. that's as, as a trip leader. Uh, one of the the, the the things I noticed on those free trips was just how much interaction was happening between people who did not know them, each other at all, you know, and then at the end, everyone's got their cell phone out and they're exchanging their yeah. social media. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. Like, we just help like facilitate like a bunch of friendships. It's awesome.
1: Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's one of the things that always drew me to outdoor rec is that, um, and working in an outdoor recreation program at a university professionally is that I do believe that outdoor recreation, um, it really does help with student retention. It improves the quality of student life. Yeah. And that's just one of those examples is that it's a way for people to connect with one another that they may have not necessarily been able
0: to connect you know, through classes or right. that sort of thing. Right. Absolutely. Over shared interest. Yep. <laughs> uh, so, so uh, moving moving forward, now we're in mm. we're in a virtual world. I would love to be having this conversation in person. You yep, know me; I'm me a very <laughs> type of guy, and I have another microphone that I could use for you. But we're having this meeting through Zoom, uh, and that's how lots of things are are going forward now. So. Uh, what does that look like for, for peak? And, uh, I mean, first of all, like, how are you doing? (laughs) Are you okay?
1: (laughs) Yeah, we're, we're doing well. It's like I mentioned before, you know, we are just trying to be flexible. There's a lot of moving parts. Things seem to change day by day. Um, it was, I think everyone was really bummed that we couldn't move forward with the remainder of the spring semester. You know, we had a big Utah spring break trip plan that we were really excited for.
0: Raft Guide um, School.
1: RAFT Guide <laughs> School. Some new things that we put into place that I would have loved to see come to fruition um, so we could make them better for next year and kind of become a really stable, strong program. Um, But yeah, moving virtually, you know, like I mentioned, managing an outdoor rec program virtually is definitely something I never thought I would have to deal with. Um, But, you know, I think that we've become really, really creative. Um, All of the staff are just thinking about what other things that we can offer in that virtual world. And we're really hopeful that we are going to be able to open up our bike shop and our rental center. by this summer. And so that's kind of a light at the end of the tunnel for us. And we're really excited about that possibility. And so we're creating plans, protocols, safety procedures, and, you know, we're going to submit them to the proper authorities and cross our fingers and hopefully get the green light to open some of our programs back up uh, for students and the general public.
0: Yeah, yeah. What's what's kind of like the general feeling amongst you know, like our staff and like, like how, how, how's everyone dealing with this?
1: Um, you know, I think everyone misses that face-to-face interaction. Um, we really miss our student employees too. Um, you know, full-time staff, it's easier to connect with them, but with the part-time and student staff, you know, they are trying to figure things out and they're trying to find other jobs as well to, kind of help them during this rocky time and it's really hard to kind of connect with them and engage with them and also a lot of people are just so tired of the screen time
0: yeah oh yeah I, <laughs> I, I hate it I, I like I'm not I'm not gonna lie at all like I absolutely hate this <laughs> I yeah, can't I, wait I'm go ahead
1: I look forward to the weekend and I'm like I'm not gonna touch my computer at all
0: <laughs> right 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 well uh You know, I think it's it's important to be real about that. And uh I'm fortunate, you know, like right in the middle of all this, uh I moved up to Placerville onto some property and like I get to like look out my window right now and like see like the beautiful hills of Northern California, you know, and you know, not everyone gets to do that. And even with that said, it's still not enough for me because I'm a people person, you know, and like so for everyone out there who's like Feeling the same way, like you're not alone. (laughs) Yeah, I think our organization is kind of built around people like that too. You know,
1: absolutely. And even if you're introverted, I think you know a lot of time has passed, and I yeah, we're ready. We're ready to kind of get back in and look see see people and interact with them. And so, like I said, reopening even just a small portion of our operations, we're really excited about, Um, and we're yeah, we're just trying to figure out what, what our programs look like moving forward into the fall semester.
0: Heck yeah. So what are, what are some things that people can look forward to uh, seeing in the near future, perhaps in the virtual world?
1: Yeah, so I don't want to make any promises because again, things, things change and, you know, we answer to uh,
0: the higher powers, <laughs> higher powers that
1: be that make decisions. Um, but right now we are working on some virtual team building um, that we are going to play around with this summer and offer in the fall. So um, hopefully some of you folks that are in RPTA classes that will be an option available uh, for them. We, like I mentioned, we're hoping to get our bike shop open and our rental center open as well. So will actually be physically open. Um, hopefully by the end of the summer, we're, we're working on those plans right now, um, but we're, we hope to you know see people come in, bring their bikes, buy some bikes from us, um, rent out our gear now that things are opening up slowly, but surely um, there's more opportunities to get outside and so we'll have that gear available for people to so, rent.
0: So to clarify, not just bicycles, but also other gear as well, other yep. outdoor gear.
1: Yep, so we'll be renting, you know, our tents and our backpacks, sleeping bags, those types of things. We're writing uh, procedures on how we're going to be sanitizing each piece of equipment and that sort of thing under the circumstances. And then for the fall, depending on how things go, um, we are hoping to offer a couple of bike rides um, because we'll be able to maintain physical distancing. Um, We're trying to see what else that we can offer for students. We understand that most students won't be physically on campus, um, but we're trying to look into a couple of different day hikes. We're kind of trying to figure out what transportation may look like, right now so it might be one of those things where students may have to provide their own transportation Um, but we're kind of looking into those details but i'm hopeful that we'll be able to offer a couple of different trips in the fall um, for those students you know who are around and want to get outside with us and then we're also trying to see if we can do some team build face to face team building as well and so we're just kind of exploring and researching those options and then we'll hopefully have a proposal in place and see what happens from there.
0: Awesome. Awesome. All right. So, uh, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but before I let you go, do you have any, any last, last things you'd like to say to everybody? Any, any messages, anything like that?
1: Really just, just keep hanging in there.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, you see it all the time. We are, we all are in it together and trying to navigate this new world that we're living in and um i know that it's not going to go back to normal anytime soon but you know we do miss everybody and we miss our students and we hope to see everybody soon
0: love it awesome (laughs) thanks so much sasha yeah thanks all right y'all that brings us to the end of the first episode of the adventure experiences podcast A big thank you to Matt Rizzo and the Irregulars for providing the music for this episode. Thanks for tuning in, y'all. Until next time.